Welcome to the Center Point Pentecostal Church podcast. We hope that this podcast finds you well and that you are ready for a life-changing message from one of our outstanding and anointed ministers. If you like this podcast, please be sure to give us a follow and a five-star review on your favorite podcasting app. Now let's get to today's message. If you have your Bibles, turn to the book of Matthew chapter 13. I'm going to try to go as fast as I can. I want God to do something in here. God has given me divine instruction to preach this word tonight, and I'm going to do my best to preach it. And I pray that you get behind the word of God, because God wants to move in your life tonight. Every single person in here. Matthew chapter 13, verse 44. Jesus said again, the kingdom of heaven is like unto treasure hid in a field. The which, when a man hath found it, he hideth, and for joy, therefore goeth and selleth everything that he has, and buys that field. Verse 45, again, the kingdom of heaven is like unto a merchant man seeking goodly pearls, who, when he had found one pearl of great price, went and sold all that he had, and he bought the pearl. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like unto a net that was cast into the sea and gathered of every kind, which when it was full they drew to the shore and sat down and gathered the good into vessels, but cast the bad away. So shall it be at the end of the world. The angels shall come forth and sever the wicked from among the just and shall cast them into the furnace of fire. There shall be wailing and gnashing of teeth. Jesus said unto them, Have you understood all these things? They said unto him, Yea, Lord, we have understood. Acts chapter 2 and verse 1. And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one place and one accord. That's us tonight. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. And it filled all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues, hallelujah, like as of a fire. And it sat upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit of the, gave them utterance. Now I want to preach tonight on this topic, the second coming of the kingdom. The second coming of the kingdom. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for the opportunity to be in this place. We thank you, God, for the Spirit of the Holy Ghost that we feel. We thank you for your power and your presence being here. I thank you for the army of angels. You've been camped around this place. God, I pray that you would saturate this place and let it let your Spirit move freely and let people be receptive of your word tonight, God. Anoint my lips. Use me for your kingdom. In the name of Jesus, why don't we shout unto God with a voice of triumph one more time. Why don't we clap our hands unto the Lord? For he is worthy of our praise. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you. You may be seated. We see in our first passage of Scripture in Matthew chapter 13 that Jesus was explaining to the people what the kingdom of God was like. God's mission on this earth was to seek and to save those which were lost. But you can't save somebody if they don't know how to be saved. You can't save somebody if they don't know how to get saved. You can't just expect someone to get saved. Jesus was a teacher. Jesus was someone who helped guide the people to where they needed to be. So he was explaining to the crowd what this kingdom was like. 
And we see something very interesting in his examples. The Bible says that the kingdom of God is something that must be found. The kingdom of heaven is something that must be sought after. You have to be actively engaged in looking for it. You have to find it. You have to seek for it. You have to pray for it. You have to do something for it. So he was explaining to the crowd what this kingdom was like. The man found the treasure in the field. The other man sought after a good pearl. And when he had found the pearl, he sold everything he had because he found what was the most important thing in his life from that point on. And when you seek after the Holy Ghost and when you receive the Holy Ghost, nothing else should compare in your life. It ought to be the most important thing in your life. It ought to be something that is never for sale and it's never up for, for negotiation. The old song says, I know I'm saved and I'm so glad about it. I found the joy my spirit craved. It is so real and I could never doubt it. Oh, praise the Lord, I know I'm saved. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The Bible says that everyone in the upper room in Acts chapter 2 received the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. This means that the language that they were speaking came from the Spirit. This was not a natural phenomenon. This was a supernatural experience. When the 120 in the upper room received the Holy Ghost, the Bible says that the people on the streets, out in the streets, became confused because the 120 people began speaking in foreign languages that they never received training on. You can read it for yourself in Acts chapter 2. This miracle happened during a time where many nationalities were in Jerusalem. It was the day of Pentecost, just 50 days after the Passover had taken place. And these people spoke all different languages and had all different accents and had all different language processes. But when the king, 120, they began to speak in a language that they were not trained to speak. They never took a course on speaking in tongues. But God not only gave them the Holy Ghost, but he blessed them with the ability to speak in these people's native language in the Holy Ghost. These people had a limitation that previously prevented them from effectively reaching the other nationalities in that city. And can I stop right here and say that it's the will of God that every nationality be filled with the Holy Ghost? It's the will of God that every nationality and every race be in this church, whether you're African American, Chinese, Japanese, Hindu, Jewish, I don't care who you are. It is God's will for you to be saved. But after the Holy Ghost fell on them, every limitation was stripped away. That's because when you get in the Spirit, your limitations get stripped away. If you don't believe that God is real and that the Holy Ghost is real, why don't you try it tonight? Why don't you give God a chance? Why don't you get in the Spirit? Why don't you give God a chance to see what He does in your life? 
I might deal with anxiety outside of the anointing, but when I'm in the spirit, I have the boldness in the Holy Ghost. I might deal with a speech impediment outside of the anointing, but when I'm in the spirit, I have the power to declare the word of God. I might deal with I might deal with being an outcast. I might deal with fear, but when I'm in the spirit, nothing can stop a move of God in my life. I'm, I'm an example of it. Jesus can strip away every limitation. If you're, if you're shy and timid, get in the Holy Ghost and you'll get some boldness. If you're scared of praying in the altars, get in the Spirit and let the Holy Ghost take you out of your fear and bring you into boldness. Hallelujah. 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 When... <laughs> when you get the kingdom involved in the service, when you get the kingdom involved in your life, anything is possible. You can receive your miracle. You can receive the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in tongues. You can receive your deliverance from your addictions. You can receive your healing from your pain, from your sickness, from your cancer, from your mental illness. It doesn't matter what it is. When you get in the spirit... The kingdom falls down. In the first coming of the kingdom, he came to you. But in the second coming of the kingdom, he's going to come in you. You're not hearing me. The first time he came, he came to where we are on earth. He came to us. He dwelt among us. But when he was about to ascend up in heaven, he told his disciples, I'm not, I'm not going to leave you by yourself. Hallelujah. But I'm going to send the comforter to you. And lo, I will be with you always. And I'm no longer going to be with you, but I'm going to be in you. Some of you need to understand that when you get the Holy Ghost, the God of the universe is no longer just around you, but he's come inside your heart and he's come inside your spirit and he's come inside your mind. You won't just feel him in the service But your spirit will begin to shake and quiver When you're in the presence of the almighty God Because he's inside of you <laughs> You won't just get the goosebumps on the outside You won't just get the chills on the outside But something on the inside will begin to turn A fire will start to burn inside of you Because he's inside of you He's not just around you But he's in you Has anybody got the Holy Ghost in here tonight? You'll start to feel him, and I feel him right now. Am I the only one that feels him right now? Everything changes when the Spirit of the Lord walks into the room. principality. It removes all doubt. It removes all fear. And faith starts to rise up inside of this room. And any kind of miracle can happen. Anybody can be filled with the Holy Ghost. Anybody can be healed of their diseases. Uh, Acts chapter 2. We keep reading. Verse 36. Peter said to the people out in the streets, the 120 have already came down from the upper room. The people are confused. They don't know what in the world's going on. These people aren't from my land. These people aren't from where I live. These people don't know what I speak. 
How in the world are they prophesying to me? How are they talking to me? What in the world happened up there? What is going on? And Peter says in verse 36, Therefore let all the house of Israel know assuredly that God hath made that same Jesus whom you have crucified, both Lord and Christ. And now when they heard this, they were pricked in their heart. And they said unto Peter and to the rest of the apostles, Men and brethren, what shall we do? And Peter said, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost, for the promise is unto you and to your children and to all that are afar off even as many as the Lord our God shall call. When Jesus was crucified, the people thought that the door was completely shut. They thought that it was over. They realized in that moment that everything Moses spoke about and everything Isaiah spoke about and everything that Joel prophesied about had come to pass and they missed it. It's like the ten bridegrooms with their oil. They felt as though they had missed their opportunity to be in the kingdom. So in this moment of desperation and in this moment of frantic anxiety, they begin to ask, what are we going to do about it, Peter? The Messiah had come and we missed it. Our chance at salvation had come and we overlooked it, but Peter said, you're right. The Messiah did come and you killed him. You crucified him. But one day God gave me some keys before he died. One day I told Jesus that he was the Christ, the son of the living God, and I received some keys from him that could unlock your prison of despair. These keys aren't just some kind of regular procedure. These keys that I have are not built on a program or a procedure, but these are the keys that can unlock your heart and let the Holy Ghost come in and change your life forever. If you really want to know about the mercy of God, here it is, right here. This is it, right here in this story. If you really want to know how merciful God is, here it is, right here. These are the people that shouted for him to be crucified. These are the people who turned their back on Jesus. And yet here we are in the book of Acts, seeing the same people who mocked him and showed no sympathy for the Almighty God, now having the opportunity to receive the Holy Ghost and be set free from their sins. Let me pause right here and tell every backslider in here and anybody out there right now that even though you might have turned your back on Jesus and even though you might have walked away from this truth and even though you, don't have any, you didn't have any sympathy when you walked away, you can have another chance tonight because there's some keys to the kingdom. Oh yeah, there's some keys to the kingdom that can unlock you from your prison of backsliding. It can unlock you from your prison of fear and unlock you from your prison of despair and unlock you from your prison of shame. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Sir or ma'am in here, God has given you the chance to be renewed in the Holy Ghost tonight. I feel that with every fiber of my being. You can be renewed right now in this sanctuary. And if you've never had the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in that heavenly language, this would be a great night for you to get it. Is this not the house of God? Where his spirit rules and reigns over every demonic intention, over every evil thought, over every sin you could ever commit? Is this not the place where God can set you free? Huh. You have not been cast out of the kingdom, but God is drawing you back to him. 
And if you would allow him to run to, if you would allow him to run to you tonight, your life will be changed 100% for the better. If you would just be like the prodigal son and make your way towards the father's house, you won't have to go the whole journey by yourself because there's some keys to the kingdom in this house. I just finished up a week of camp meeting. And I'm fired up, and, I, and I, I, I'm whacked out. I am ready to go. I'm churned. I'm fired up. And I wanted to preach a profound message, and I wanted to come up here and blow everybody's mind. But God spoke to me at 11 o'clock Thursday night in my bedroom and told me that the most profound message you could ever preach, David, is the message of salvation. You don't need to blow anybody's mind. You just need to tell them that the Holy Ghost is needed to be saved. You need to tell them, repent, and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. That's the most profound message I could ever preach to you. We all need the Holy Ghost to survive in this world and still have peace and joy. I'm talking about the coming of the kingdom. I'm talking about God's spirit filling up our service tonight. I don't need to blow your mind. I need you to understand that if you're lost in here tonight, if you're struggling in here tonight, you need the Holy Ghost. That's the message for our world today. We need the Holy Ghost and to be baptized in Jesus' name. That's the message for the world. We have a powerful church. We have a powerful church. Do you believe that? We have a church that can change the whole world. A few months ago, I had a burden. A few months ago, I had a burden placed on my spirit to assist this church in reaching the whole world. One day, God put it in my spirit to create a podcast or CPC. I never knew how to run a podcast. I didn't know how to set one up. I didn't know how to edit audio. I didn't know how to do anything. But if God gives you an idea, he's going to help you accomplish it. God blesses our ministers and our speakers with anointed and spirit-filled messages that the world needs to hear. We have an incredible and powerful church. That, and, and we aren't just meant to only reach Centerpoint, Effie, and Neville. But this church is meant and called to change the whole world. So I did some research and I looked up how to edit audio and I spoke with Pastor about it and I had some graphics made and off we ran. And it's only been about three to four weeks now and even though it's been a short time that we started this, the CPC podcast, listen to this, has reached nine different states and eight to eight percent of our listeners are from the country of Australia. In just three weeks, we have reached more people around the world than if we would have just stayed in these four walls. There's a harvest in here and it's gonna take the church coming up with different ways and different methods to reach them. There's a kingdom that's coming to set people free and CPC might as well get on board with it. We might as well jump on board with it. You want to know why? Because I'm here to see people get the Holy Ghost. I'm here for blind eyes to be open. I'm here for deaf ears to come unstopped. Limbs to be straightened out. Cancer to disappear. That's the kingdom of God. Salvation and healing is what the church is all about. So whatever I got to do to be a part of it, that's what I'm going to do to be a part of it.
If I have to get out of my comfort zone and if I have to humble myself and let God move me somewhere I don't know anything about, that's what I'm going to do. Because at the end of the day, it's all about souls coming home to the house of God anyway. At the end of the day, it's not about the David show. It's not about the Pastor Carl Beard show. But it's about Jesus. I'm trying to hurry. I know you're tired, but the God wants to move. Do you believe that? You believe that? Acts chapter 9, verse 3. Talking about Paul. Paul's got an incredible story. Acts chapter 9, verse 3. And as he journeyed, he came near Damascus, and suddenly there shined round about him a light from heaven, and he fell to the earth. And he heard a voice saying unto him, Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? And he said, Who art thou, Lord? And the Lord said, I am Jesus, whom thou persecutest. It is hard for thee to kick against the pricks. And he trembled and astonished, said, Lord, what wilt thou have me to do? And the Lord said unto him, Arise and go into the city, and it shall be told what thou must do. And the men which journeyed with him stood speechless, hearing a voice, but they didn't see anybody. And Saul arose from the earth, and when his eyes were open, listen to this, I find this very intriguing. When his eyes were open, he saw no man. But they led him by the hand, and he brought and brought him into Damascus. The Bible says that Saul's eyes were open, and he saw no man. Now wait a minute. Wait a minute. How can his eyes be open and not be able to see anybody around him? His eyes were open, but he saw no man. How can you say that your eyes have been opened and yet you are blind? Because when Saul's eyes were open to the world, he couldn't see the revelation that Jesus was the one true God. It took God having to blind him to the world in order for him to gain the understanding that the man who we just crucified was God Almighty. The first time Jesus came... Our spiritual eyes were shut to the belief that God really could save me and God really could heal me and God really could deliver me. But God loves you enough to give you another chance because Jesus came to Saul and shined a light on him so bright that it took away everything that was holding him back. He no longer could see the army he had with him. He no longer could see the battle plans he drew up. But in the supernatural, he saw that this man named Jesus was not just some ordinary man, but he was the savior of the world. And when his eyes were open, he had a new agenda. He had a new outlook on life. And I've come to tell you on this Sunday night service that you might not have your eyes on the right thing right now. And you might not have the same agenda on your life as God does, but there's another chance waiting for you tonight. You have a God in your corner that loves you enough to step in your lifestyle of sin and open your spiritual eyes to the fact that you need him in every aspect of your life. I'm glad to know that God doesn't just lead me to go on my path of destruction, but he steps in and he gives me another chance to make it right. He gives me another opportunity to change my ways and have favor with him again. That's the God we serve. You know that Jesus and the Holy Ghost go hand in hand? Jesus and the Holy Ghost go hand in hand, in case you didn't know. Even Jesus' first miracle on earth in John chapter 2 was a foreshadowing of the Holy Ghost. It was a foreshadowing. And you say, what are you talking about, preacher? His first miracle was turning water into wine. And yes, you're absolutely right. John chapter 2, water into wine. The miracle of Jesus doing this at the wedding is a powerful story. 
we see that the wedding host had run out of wine and the guests were not finished fellowshipping with one another and they found themselves having a problem. And Jesus instructs them to take the empty water pots and we know the story, at least in some type of context. He takes the empty water pots and tells the host to fill them to the brim with water. The pots had to be empty of the old wine before the water could be poured into them. Why is that significant? Because something has to be emptied before the miracle could happen. Something has to be released in order for something to be received. You're not hearing me. Something has to be let go of before you can grab on to something else. I'm reminded of the widow and her child with the little pot of oil and the little bit of flour that she had. The prophet Elijah told her to make him a meal as well as her and her son. And that caused her to empty out all of the oil that she had. But she said, wait a minute, this is all I have left. This is my oil that I have left. Elijah said, exactly, you have too much oil in your pot for a miracle to happen. Something has to be released in order for a miracle to happen. You've been holding on to something for so long. You've been holding on to a problem. You've been holding on to shame. You have old wine sitting in your vessel. You have oil in your pot still. And you have something occupying the space that the Holy Ghost needs to be occupying. But in order for you to receive the miracle, the wine and the oil must be released. The pain must be released. The sin's got to be released. The lifestyle has to be released. Something has to be empty in order for you to receive something of God. So Jesus instructs them to fill the pots to the brim with water. And the Bible says that when they returned to the vessels, they were full of new wine. Not just any ordinary wine, but if you read in the story, the king of the wedding even stated that it was the best wine. And everyone rejoiced and was married. So when you are empty, you are not finished. Some of you hear me tonight. Some of you are in here tonight thinking I have nothing left to give. I have given everything I know how to give to Jesus. I have emptied myself. I have stretched myself paper thin. I don't know what else I could do for God. I don't know how else I could get my miracle. But let me tell you something. Just because the old wine was dumped out of your life and just because you don't think you have any more oil left in your pot, just because a curveball hit you out of left field, just because something happened to you or just because you had to release some things does not mean that God has left you. He's ready to fill you up again. He's ready to equip you again. He's ready to saturate you again. Let me tell you what he's doing when he's emptying you. He's preparing you for something next. When something empties out of you, when you go through a trial, when you go through a situation, God is emptying you so he can equip you for something new. He's setting you up for success. It's not for your detriment. It's not for your death. It's not for your destruction. But it's to empty you of something that he can replace with holiness. That he can replace with anointing. That he can replace with favor. That he can replace. You're not hearing me tonight. I feel a wall again. <laughs> Hallelujah. But the pots were not left empty. The pots were full of new wine when they came back. So let me tell you something tonight. You might have walked in here empty. 
You might have walked in here full of shame. You might have walked in here not having anything else to give. But when you come to the altar, God can pour out fresh wine over your life. God can fill you with fresh anointing. God can fill you with fresh talents and abilities. Hallelujah. He can bless you with the ability to be used by him and to be set free and to be healed and to be filled with the Holy Ghost. So what does his first miracle have to do with salvation? Everything. It has everything to do with salvation. You gotta be empty before you can be filled. You gotta get the water baptism in Jesus' name. And then you gotta be changed by the power of the Holy Ghost. I'm closing. Let's all stand. Uh, let's begin to pray. God wants to do something in here, I'm telling you. Mm -mm. Hallelujah. Luke chapter 12. Luke chapter 12 and verse 31. We hear it preached all the time. We hear this verse preached all the time, Pastor. It says, seek ye first the kingdom of God. And all these things will be added unto you. We preach it all the time. Us as ministers, we love that verse. Seek ye first the kingdom. Seek the kingdom of God. Let everything else happen after that. But you better seek the kingdom. But you know what blows my mind, Pastor? Nobody preaches the next verse. Nobody preaches Luke chapter 12 and verse 32. I gave it to the media. Can they throw that up? Luke 12 and... 32. This is what he says after he says to seek ye first the kingdom. It says, fear not, little flock. <laughs> He's your shepherd. And we're the flock. He says, fear not, little flock. Watch this. For it is your father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Seek ye first the kingdom. And all these things will be added unto you. But don't stop there because it's my good pleasure to give it to you. That's good. It's the good pleasure of the Father to give us the kingdom of God. He wants to give it to you. It's a gift. Wait a minute. It's a gift. The kingdom of God is a gift. He wants to give it to you. The Holy Ghost is a gift. Why do we say that the Holy Ghost is a gift? Because Peter is handed the keys to the kingdom in Matthew chapter 16 by Jesus. And then in Acts chapter 2, Peter is giving the people the keys. Peter gets the keys to by Jesus and then he's handing the keys to everybody else. Repent, be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. Water baptism, fully submerged in the name of Jesus Christ. Your sins are forgiven. And then what happens? God fills you with the Holy Ghost. And you begin to speak in a language you've never been taught before. Why does God use your tongue? Because it's the most unruly part of your body. Why does God use your tongue? Why, do you, why does he want you to speak in a different language? Because he's, setting, he's letting you know that even the most unruly part of your body he can take control of. He's got all power in heaven and earth. He's got all power to tread upon serpents and scorpions. And wait a minute, we have that power too. The Holy Ghost is a gift. We quote it too much and we, and we blow through it. Acts chapter 2 and verse 
38, repent, be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins, and you shall receive what? The gift of the Holy Ghost. What's the Holy Ghost? It's the definition of the kingdom of God. It's the kingdom of God. The Holy Ghost is the kingdom. Because Jesus tells people in Luke, tells the people in Luke chapter 12 and verse 32, the kingdom that you're seeking after, it's the Father's good pleasure to give it to you. So when I preach about this coming of the kingdom, Jesus had already come the first time to seek and to save that which was lost. But now we have the Holy Ghost. And now we have the spirit of the kingdom floating around the world. We have the spirit of God. His eyes are running to and fro, looking for whosoever will shall open themselves up to, the, up to him and receive the spirit of the Holy Ghost. He's ready to give it to you. He can give it to you tonight. God is no respecter of persons. God loves you. God loves you. He called you here for a reason. There is, it is no coincidence that you're in this church tonight. If you've had the Holy Ghost for 40 years, He's called you to be here. Why? Because you've got to keep renewing it. You've got to keep renewing the Holy Ghost. Thank you for obeying God because that's exactly what God wanted me to say. You have to keep the fire burning. You got to keep the fire burning. <sighs> Hallelujah. There's a sweet spirit of the Holy Ghost in here. I wonder if, I wonder if we could just turn this into a prayer meeting. I wonder if we could just let the Holy Ghost fall. If we could just open, if everyone could just lift their hands right now, where you are, it doesn't matter. You don't have to come to the front. God can move in your pew right now. Father, in the name of Jesus, the Bible says repent. The Bible says repent. What does that mean? God, I'm sorry for everything I've ever done. God, I'm sorry for every shortcoming I've had, everything I've said, everything I've thought, everything I've, everything I've gone to I shouldn't have gone to, everything I've thought I shouldn't have thought. I'm in need of a Savior, and I need you to save me because I can't do this on my own. I can't get to heaven by myself. I need you, Jesus. It comes from a place of sincerity, sir. It comes from a place of sincerity, ma'am. You can't be, you can't receive the Holy Ghost with pride in your life. It comes from a broken and a contrite spirit. It comes from understanding that you are not good enough to go to heaven by yourself. You've got to have the Holy Ghost. So I wonder if we could all get renewed tonight. I've never done an altar call like this before. But I wonder if we could all just raise our hands and repent right now. I wonder if we could all just repent. God, I'm sorry. God, forgive me from every, for everything I've done wrong. Forgive me for every evil thought I've had. Forgive me for every evil word I've said. Forgive me for everything that I've done wrong. God, I'm in need of a Savior, and I need your help. I am a sinner, and I need you. 
I got to have you, Lord. Come on, it's got to be sincere. It's got to come from the heart. It's got to come from your spirit. Something's got to well up inside of you. God, I'm sorry. God, I'm sorry. Something's got to well up inside of you. You got to let the tears begin to flow. You got to let something break inside of you. You got to understand that, God, I got to have you, Lord. And when God forgives us, it's washed away in the sea of forgetfulness. Come on, do you believe that God can still wash away every sin? Do you believe that God can still wash away everything you've done wrong? Do you still believe that God is able to set you free regardless of what it may be that you have done wrong? And after you repent, I just want you to ask God to renew me. God, fill me with the Holy Ghost. If you've never had the Holy Ghost, just ask for it. It's a gift. You don't have to beg Him for it. It's the Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. He wants to give you the kingdom. He wants to give you the Holy Ghost. You just let loose right now. Just open up your mouth and let God begin to fill you once again with the power of the Holy Ghost. There's something that comes down from heaven and it starts to saturate over your life. Father, in the name of Jesus, let it rest over every single person in this place tonight. I call down the Holy Ghost to reach down and touch people right now where they are in their pews where they are in this sanctuary let it fall right now come on just begin to worship him just begin to lift up his name that's it that's the kingdom this is the coming of the kingdom come on just open up to it If you feel the Spirit of God, just let your mind go. Just open up your heart. Begin to worship Him. Begin to worship Him. Don't think about tomorrow. Don't think about what you're going to do after this. Just worship Him. Father, I love you. Oh, I thank you, Lord. I praise you, Jesus. Thank you for listening to today's message. We pray that it changes and impacts your life for days to come. If you would like to connect with us further, give us a like on Facebook at facebook.com slash Centerpoint Pentecostal Church or just search Centerpoint Pentecostal Church on Facebook. If you would like to join one of our services in person, the service times and address are in the podcast description. Thank you and God bless and we hope to see you on the next episode.